You're listening to CSB Broadcast, where Community State Bank links you to the communities of southeastern Wisconsin and keeps you connected to the people, businesses, and events happening near you. Hello, everybody. I'm Scott Hudipole with Community State Bank, and today we have Zeke Jackson, who's a Village of Waterford administrator who started just recently in November of, uh, of last year, 2017. We also have Nick Borth, who's a business banking officer right here in our office with Community State Bank in Waterford. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Thanks. All right. Great to have you. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on in southeast Wisconsin. A lot of things going on in Waterford. And we want to take this opportunity to, um, to have Nick, who's also uh, the president of the Chamber of Commerce, correct? Correct. Here, here in Waterford to um, uh, to have a little conversation about what we see, what you see, what's happening, and uh, and some direction for the for the community. So, Nick, take it. All right. First off, Zeke. First question is: What is your view of Waterford today, and how might that compare to the atmosphere, say, ten years ago? So, Waterford today is a community that is on the cusp of doing some pretty amazing things. Uh, that. It is surrounded by opportunity, so lives in that sea of good things happening around it. And with the mix of business leaders, civic leaders, public policy makers, and village staff, uh, education leaders, um, the direction really has been set for some very positive things to continue to happen in this community. I can speak historically to uh, the demographic trends that have occurred over the last 10 years. If you want to know anything about a community, the only thing you have to follow is the population trend data. And so for Waterford, that answer is flat. For 10 years, flat. Nothing really has gone up or down. However, we do know from a dem the demographic data that we're in for some rough waters ahead if we don't make some very positive decisions about the future growth of our community. For example, the Waterford High School District is projected to have a drop of about 350 students over the next six or seven years. And corresponding with that, there would be need to be a layoff of approximately 13 teachers to match up with that drop in student enrollment. The good news about that particular situation is it presents a heck of an opportunity for those of us in the community that are civically minded and growth oriented to do something about it. So there are a number of projects in the pipeline that are designed to set us on the path to sustainability. Zeke, what, what data supports that as far as the, uh, the, the drop in, in, in children? Is that uh, coming from the education system now from like the grade schools and different things like that? So we track incoming kindergartners and then can follow them all the way through the lifespan through their end of enrollment at Waterford High School. So we know just with the incoming kindergarten class how many students we have within the population. Um, we see that over the Catholic school as well. They track their student demographic data and so we know in that pipeline our senior class and the size that it is today, the makeup of our student body and teacher mix, and then what that will have to be adjusted to 12 years later when those kids exit uh, from kindergarten to seniors. You mentioned a couple projects. Uh, you want to elaborate on that, some of the things you're working on? Oh, man, that's stuff I get excited about. <laughs> I know so, you do. Um, I guess, uh, first of all, uh, you, you heard it on the podcast first, as long as Scott gets this out to his listeners. Uh, the downtown Waterford reconstruction project that folks have been reading about for the last couple of weeks, $14 million investment by the state of Wisconsin into Waterford, was off. That made the headlines in the paper. Got news uh, at 4 o'clock yesterday. That is back on, so we're really excited about that. Uh, we have a $4.3 million utilities project ongoing right now, so we apologize to everyone for the mess at the moment, but it'll be much better uh, next year when we wrap all of this up. 
We have a number of private projects uh, that are ongoing at the moment as well that are really exciting for a community this size. So we have Belinsky Homes in the last leg of their approval process to put in another 42 single-family homes on the west side of the village. We have an active planning new industrial park on Highway 36, which will feature eight five-acre lots. Uh, that'll be home to a number of new companies that we're working with to bring them into the community. And then we have a number of sites in the downtown that we're looking to create some mixed-use development on. Uh, so some higher-rise building, three or four stories, uh, that'll provide that nice blend of downtown walkability and consumer-oriented destinations, along with the livable space up top that really makes for a great mix for younger families. Yeah, and let me let me say thank you, by the way. I know the immense effort that you and Don Houston, the village president, and Tom Hintz, the town chairman, went through to try to get that uh, construction project back on track. Oh, man, I, that, that wasn't me. That was all Don and Tom. Those two guys are aces uh, when it comes to being able to call the, the right folks to pull the right levers to make the right things happen. So yep. they deserve a big thanks for that. And, and in a very short period of time, too. I mean, that was, that was incredible. <laughs> um, so... Uh, your vision of Waterford 10 years from now, you kind of talked about some of the projects you're doing at the moment. How is that going to lead into where do you see Waterford you know, in 10 years? So I'm going to answer that question two ways and say, first of all, it's not Zeke's vision for Waterford. We brought in a diverse group of decision makers and uh, a very broad-based citizen engagement program from kindergarten literally on up to our retirement home here where we talk to folks from five years old all the way up to those in their 90s about what it is that they believe should be happening in the community. We took all that data, all the hundreds of responses that we got, and we aggregated that into a plan. And what that plan calls out is about 10 items that those folks that responded to our questions and participated in our sessions, filled out survey data, uh, took time to attend our meetings, told us they want to see in the community. At the top of that list is do something about the downtown. They'd like to have more choice in where they go eat and where they go shop. Uh, do something about the um, lack of diversity in grocery options and hardware options. So try to tackle those businesses and bring them here into the community and show them the value that we have here uh, to our residents. Um, they want to see a river walk. And so we have active plans underway to complete a river walk. It's been talked about for 20 years. We just purchased our first property, thanks to Community State Bank and the loan that you generously granted us, um, so that we can demolish the homes that are located directly south of the bridge on the river and create a vibrant recreation space for all of our residents to come and enjoy. Um, we are working towards completing the downtown improvements, which include streetscapes. So there's just a, a ton of great stuff that will complete that vision that the citizens gave us, uh, including a recplex, which I'm looking forward to meeting with the um, decision makers over in Rochester at the end of June about. We want to see this be a joint effort, not just done by the village of Waterford, but by our good friends in the adjacent communities around us so that we can create a recreational opportunity here that will be second to none. Explain that a little bit more. So when you look at how to do economic development, it used to be that you needed cheap land and cheap labor and cheap utilities. And that was a winning combination for success throughout the world for economic development. Turns out that when you have a developed nation, not a developing nation as we were in the early 1900s, late 1800s, you need a different set of attractors to bring in world-class companies that make very high value products. Uh, so the aerospace industry, the automotive industry, the information technology industry. So when those industries are trying to build their industrial bases out, 
their biggest shortage is in skilled labor. And skilled labor wants to live in amazing places. That's why spots like Seattle, Washington, or Phoenix, Arizona are growing very rapidly because people want to be a part of the good things happening in those communities. It's part of why Racine County is growing as it's growing. There have been heavy investments in, in both Racine and Kenosha in public recreation, public access to water, uh, the educational system that we offer our young people, the community college system at Gateway is really second to none within the state. Um, so ultimately, that recplex opportunity here uh, within Western Racine will provide those outdoor and indoor recreational opportunities that presently our residents don't have access to. Well, we, we kind of talked about uh, you know how to make how to make the vision a reality. Is there anything that you feel like you need from the citizens of Waterford? Um, I know you've we've talked a lot about what you need from the Chamber of Commerce, but uh, why don't you talk about what things you know that people can do to help you along the way? So I'm going to pull a card from the state of Virginia and steal one of their advertising campaigns to answer your question. So back in the 90s, Virginia tourism was at an all-time low, and they decided to brand themselves. And that branding was Virginia is for lovers. So the thing that we need from the citizens of Waterford is to fall in love with Waterford all over again. Don't see it as the place that it was in the 1970s or 80s or 90s as is maybe a spot where the streets are a little scuffed up and the buildings are starting to show a little age. See it for the place that it's becoming. See it for the place that it can be, the place that you would want your children or grandchildren to grow up in and not just live in for a short while while they complete one of the most amazing educational experiences that Wisconsin has to offer here at Waterford High School District, uh, but also to come back here once they've completed college, found their own businesses, work for businesses that presently are existence. Um, and be a part of the community throughout the continuum of life. So we need their help in welcoming those young people here and also being a little bit flexible in the type of businesses that we're going to bring here over that time period to create a quality of life standard that young people want to come in and be a part of. Any community that's experiencing a population decline in its younger age cohorts very quickly will run into a situation where elderly people on fixed incomes can no longer afford to live there. That's because the cost of delivering police and EMS services and fire services, as well as maintaining aging infrastructure, will very quickly outpace their ability to afford the taxes that have to be charged. You need young families and young businesses to keep a community growing and vibrant and relevant. So fall in love with Waterford. Believe in it. Invest in it. Zequit... We all know that there's some real serious development going on with Foxconn and everything, you know, to the to the east of here, not that far away. What 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 are like the top couple of assets in in Waterford to make people want to live here versus live closer to to that area? So Scott, I'd answer that question by talking about just some of the distinguishing characteristics of the community and why I chose to come here and be a part of the Waterford story of the future. Um, number one, Waterford has the lowest crime rate in Oliver Scene County. So our, our cops, God love them, they do a terrific job. Luckily, they don't have to deal with a lot of the things they have to deal with in eastern Racine County or down in Kenosha. We have a very safe community. People can leave their doors unlocked and really not worry about someone breaking in. Number two on that list is the school system. We have a school system that's a second to none, uh, some of the highest test scores in the state, very high graduation rates. We do a terrific job in educating our young people. Um, third up on that list would be the river and Lake Tishigan. We have abundant natural resources and access to water that um, people that want to have a water view can choose to do so. People that enjoy fishing can choose to do so. We have those 
resources here that other communities just don't have. And so we're very fortunate in that regard. Um, we have community leaders that get it. Most communities don't. Waterford's in the middle of redoing its entire zoning code in such a fashion that is fit for the 21st century. It's called form-based zoning as opposed to what everyone else uses, which is a Lucidian-based zoning. Um, we have partners in banking and in industry that understand what the community's needs are. And so we just don't run into the frictions that other communities might run into um, with the large bureaucracies that they have to be able to get a project done. We can spend this community on a dime, take advantage of an opportunity, and move it ahead. We have, um, when, when you listen to all those things, you know, as a, as a potential young family moving to the area, uh, those are all important. But I, but I look at the school system as really, really number one. And, and all the other things kind of support that. Sure. And it's, uh, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, you go into Zillow and you look at ratings of schools when, when it comes to where you want to live. And, and Waterford really has some spectacular schools. And it, it's, even though we didn't raise our family here because we didn't live here at the time, I mean, it would be a great place to raise a family. Absolutely. Got a daughter over in kindergarten there. Love everything that's going on. I, so, Scott, just a, a side note on this, right? And I hope, I hope you'll choose to keep this in the, the conversation. Ava comes home the other day and she tells me, Dad, we learned computer programming today. And I'm like, what? You're in kindergarten. You learned computer programming? She says, yeah, let me show you this. And so she downloads on a tablet, which I'm amazed that she knows how to do. It was the first time she showed me that. Mm -hmm. And then she proceeds to begin programming this app to move a character around the board, right? To essentially create an animation based on programming rules. So if that's what we're delivering to our kindergartners in this educational system, mm -hmm. that tells you where we're going as a community and what we're going to be able to achieve. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying, Zeke, is she's a lot smarter than Nick is already. <laughs> I guarantee you I couldn't do that today. No chance. <laughs> But I am a Waterford graduate, so, you know. Uh, so cutting edge yes, for the time, right? Yeah, for sure. I had a computer in my classroom by fourth grade. Really? Nice. Yep. All right, so uh, let's talk about, you know, potential naysayers, people who might not be on board with this this plan, this idea. I'm sure you've heard, you know, many of the, the critiques of it. You know, what would you say to those people and, and how do you educate them on why the plan is necessary and what exactly the plan is? So I would equate Waterford to a business, right? We want to run communities like we run businesses. And so if I was talking to someone about running their business, I'd ask them if they had a plan to sell off all their inventory, liquidate all their assets, disband their company, mm -hmm. spend through all their cash. And if that sounds like a winning proposition. So if that sounds like a winning way to run a business, then we should keep doing what we were doing six months ago, nine months ago. That was the path that we were on. With leadership in the community in its present tense and the direction that we're going in with the business community, um, that looks like a very different business model. We're making investments in the future of the community. We're investing in our infrastructure. We're investing in our school system. We're investing in our recreational opportunities. We're investing in the soft-level programming that we have within the community. So um, setting up that three-year contract with the Chamber of Commerce, $75,000 a year in support going to the Chamber to have more festivals and events, more concerts, more movies in the park. All the things that people enjoy doing are designed to bring people here into the community. We know from the data that many of our residents, when they make a choice to go shopping, shop outside the community. They go over to an adjoining community and spend their hard-earned dollars in restaurants and in retail opportunities outside of Waterford. So I would tell those people that are maybe naysayers that unless you know their vision of the community is infrastructure that is going the way of Detroit, 
then what we should do is execute this plan that we're on. Told the board on day number one, we can go on two plans, the Amazon plan or the Waterford plan. They said, what's the Amazon plan, Zeke? And I said, the Amazon plan is you guys don't worry about anything. Amazon's gonna take care of it. And by that, I mean, you don't have to worry about building another store. You don't have to worry about building another bit of infrastructure because Amazon's gonna take care of it with those drones. They're just gonna fly things straight into your house. You don't need to worry about paving the roads. And they laughed at me, of course, but I was halfway serious, right? We need to invest in our community and in its future. Some people will um, equate investment with higher taxes. And you, you reflected on like some of the senior people and their ability to live here and to, to pay for that. Where, where do you see that going? I mean, how, how, is there a comparison? Is there, does it connect? So much like launching a rocket ship, you have to hit escape velocity. Mm-hmm. So rather than that being 32,000 miles an hour or whatever it is to get out of the Earth's atmosphere, we have a number. That number is $13.5 million a year. So the escape velocity in Waterford from a growth standpoint is $13.5 million a year. If we can build $13.5 million a year worth of stuff each and every year going forward, we've hit break-even or the escape velocity. Any dollar of new building we put beyond that $13.5 million just gets us into orbit. It gets us towards executing that plan and growing. If we shoot under that growth target, i.e. people say, oh, I love that project, but not there. Or, man, I couldn't stand that. I don't want it in my backyard. I don't want any part of that. Or that's not right for Waterford. Then I challenge them by asking, where are we supposed to get the $13.5 million worth of growth and development from? Because the only other alternative on balancing the books is raising their taxes. So ultimately, we have to hit that escape velocity. We have to be growth-oriented. The acts that have come out of the General Assembly related to Act 10 and levy limits do a wonderful job of forcing governments to be more efficient, and they have six years ago. Every government probably hit the highest level of efficiency they were ever going to hit six years ago. Act 10 at this point has a different set of outcomes, and that is forcing communities to grow. And so we have a couple of options, grow or decline. That's the path that we're on with Act 10. So for those that are on fixed incomes who may not like new things in the community, I'd say to them that that's okay. We don't have to have the new things in the community, but we're back on the Amazon plan. So we can continue to maintain your taxes exactly as they are. But with the rate of inflation, you need to pick what you want 3% less of every year. Is that 3% less roads, 3% less EMS, 3% less fire, 3% less police? Pick your thing, because in administration, that's about as tight as it gets. That's the first place you cut is administration. That's really slim. So now we're talking about cutting into the meat of service delivery and how do we accomplish that? You know, you're worth talking to just for your metaphors. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you just compare taxes to a rocket ship. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. Um, lastly, let's talk about one of the main um, critiques of the plan is going to be cultural heritage or historic values. You know, as the president of the chamber, I am responsible for the historic committee mm-hmm. for absolutely Waterford. And, and that's a very important thing. As you're building these new things, how do you preserve the culture and the heritage of Waterford? So I'll talk about my past as, as another one of those parables to what it is that you just asked me. So attended East Carolina University, where we had one of the three maritime archaeology programs in the nation. And I worked alongside those guys when I taught some scuba lessons. Um, scientific diving that that program so um, whenever we're looking at a shipwreck it's merely a matter of time before the ocean completely takes away what was once there 
So 100% of shipwrecks will deteriorate, just like 100% of buildings will deteriorate. The only question is how long does it take the air and weather to deteriorate them versus the ocean to deteriorate them. So what we do in maritime archaeology is we catalog the history, particularly things of a unique construction nature, unique usage. We photograph them. We document them every which way we can. And we preserve the artifacts and history of those particular places. No different than the history of Waterford is preserved through the photographic record that we have on hand. There are, no doubt, properties that have such an incredible amount of historic um, heritage cultural heritage to them that we want to preserve them in perpetuity for future generations. That may involve moving structures. When I was in Sister Bay, we looked at jacking some buildings up and moving them to a permanent preservation site, i.e. a heritage area where people could experience all of the community's history all in one place. In the case of Sister Bay, it was our um, historic museum where we saved old barns. We saved the first log schoolhouse ever built in the community on that site and in any number of other agricultural heritage items uh, fishing items from the bay of green bay's history waterford is no different we need to find the appropriate places for those things the appropriate cataloging methods for those things photography of those things and preserve them for future generations because nothing lasts forever very interesting zeke we appreciate your uh, your time today anything else that we didn't touch on that that's important to you or that you feel needs to be uh, needs to be shared? Well, seeing as how we got uh, given an opportunity with the village to grant a shameless plug to what's going on thanks to Community State Bank, I'd ask you guys at Community State Bank how it is that you're going to play a role in what it is that we're doing in the village. How can, uh, how can we advance these causes simultaneously? And moreover, how can the folks that are listening to this play a role in it? And I, and I grew up in small-town America, so, you know, Waterford, to me is, is a big community from where I grew I grew up in Iowa. Um, but I really I really believe kind of what we're doing right now is, is critical and that's to open up as much communication transparency as possible. And that's with the business community, that's with everybody. And also have the you know the, the business community also step up to to support growth, quite frankly, because it's uh, it's something that's needed for everybody to survive in the future. But I think, I think you know, delivering it, um, stuff like this, I know you did a lot going into it, um, but to continue to do that, um, to, to hold the, the um, open houses, for lack of a better term, to get people in there, to really educate them on what, is, what it is and what it's going to look like and how this thing can work, and then how that equates to the overall cost structure, tax structure, to explain better, like the thirteen and a half million dollars, you know, that's what it takes to to make it to make it work. Um, just to make that so people can really understand that, and I think communicating it, communicating it, communicating it is what it really takes to uh, to get people there. I also think you also um, have to understand, and I'm sure you do, that not everybody's going to support it. I mean, it's it's just not going to be um, totally supportive, but we have to make sure that we educate the people on what it is before they don't support it and uh, then then that's part of democracy and they can they can do what they want so. absolutely mm -hmm. how can people contact you how can people communicate with you if they have thoughts ideas suggestions so anybody that has a pin the email address is mzekejackson at waterfordwi.org that is M-Z-E-K-E -E Jackson at WaterfordWI.org. Glad to take those comments. Uh, Village President Don Houston, who would be dhouston at WaterfordWI.org, would love to take any public commentary 
uh, related to what we're doing in the community and what questions people might have related to specific projects or general ideas about what's going on. Terrific. Zeke, we appreciate your time. Um, Nick, we appreciate your time also today to uh, to fill us in on the good things happening right here in uh, in Waterford. It's going to be an exciting time. You know, it's um, I call it Southeast Southeast Wisconsin. You know, kind of the Racine, Kenosha County, Walworth County areas. Uh, it'll be really fun to sit back ten years from now, look backwards to see what happened. And um, uh, as as I truly believe, the communities that that really do want to make a difference, that want to embrace this are going to look back 10 years from now and be really happy they did. And um, uh, the ones that don't necessarily, that want to embrace what's going on because it's, it's, it's happening, it's going to happen, are the communities that are probably going to be suffering at the end of the 10 years when you look back on it. So kudos to you for, um, for the vision of, of bringing in and identifying that and, um, and being a leader that shows the public and shows people in Waterford what we need to do to... Uh, to move forward. Thanks for having me, Scott. You bet. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for listening to CSB Broadcast. For more information on Community State Bank, please visit us online at communitystatebank.net. Community State Bank is member FDIC and an equal housing lender.